You're listening to DraftKings Network. Tonight on the Cooligans, soccer is here. Soccer is back. It. We can actually talk about the sport that we love so wow. much. Wow. <laughs> We're back to talking about soccer. And so, it's not just that, dude. We also got Mo Adams on the show. Oh, okay. Of Atlanta United? That's pretty nice. You know, you know how we do, right? We said we're going to bring you stars, baby. We bring you stars. And also, we brought soccer back. <laughs> okay. It was all us, all right? So all this and more today on the Hi, this is Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger, and you are listening to our best friends and favorite comedians, The Cooligans, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, baby! Can you Crazy. believe soccer is actually back? Uh, I, I cannot. Uh, no. It is, it's, it's difficult to 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 fathom, uh, given it's been, uh, I think, what, what was the last soccer match? Was it, I think it was like March 13th or 14th. I think that was that was the last like week, I think, in Europe. What was the uh, and, physically the last one you went to was the Concacaf match in Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, the uh, Rebel Arena, the the uh, NYCFC against Tigres. Uh, NYCFC uh, gave up a late goal to lose yeah. one nothing, and it was uh, it was not the way I wanted soccer to leave me. You know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> yeah, okay, odd way to put it. <laughs> okay, how yeah. are you gonna hurt me like that, babe? Yeah. Well, the last one I went to was the CONCACAF match in Costa Rica. And by the way, if you don't know who we are, we're the Cooligans. That <laughs> yeah, was good, everybody. We're just Hi, too excited about soccer being back. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're too happy. Uh, my name is Christian Polanco. That's right. I'm Alexis Guerreros. All right. We are the Cooligans. We are your favorite stand-up comedians. I host the funniest soccer show uh, and the happiest soccer show because soccer is back. <laughs> All right, who's more related than us? Nobody. Besides some German <laughs> podcast. And you know that ain't funny. Okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, this is exciting. And by the way, we're not just the funniest. We're also the gulliest. So, okay. Okay. Find another one. I dare you to find another one. <laughs> In Germany. You're yeah. Not find- <laughs> I- so you saw, you saw that, uh, uh, which we call Premier League is like, yo, we're also going to start training. They saw the ratings. For Bundesliga, <laughs> and they're like, by the way, we're going <laughs> to, they all of a sudden become uh, right wing. They're like, guys, we got herd immunity. Okay. We need to get out there. So we lose a couple players, right? With some ratings. <laughs> okay. Look, they'll, they'll probably be on the bench anyway. All right? The strong like- ones are going to survive. <laughs> they run a lot. Good lungs. It affects your lungs. Just let them out there. <laughs> so, man, yeah, there's a lot to be, uh, you know, it, it was actually a little bit controversial, right? Because some people were like, uh, uh, yeah, Bundesliga is back, but without fans, this, is, this isn't even football and this isn't soccer. What is all this And about? I get it. I get when people like Ellie Menjen put like, this doesn't feel like football. No, it doesn't. But you know what? It's close enough. Okay. <laughs> right. Like, right. You know, like, yeah. imagine like there was like a, a huge huge uh, STD outbreak and no one could have sex and they're like, well, maybe you can with condoms. I gotta be honest, might be good enough for now. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll settle for this. You know, I think I can deal, you know, for a little bit. We'll figure out as we go along, but for right now, this seems okay. 
Exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it did feel you know, especially the the first match, uh, the 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 majority of the matches kicked off on on Saturday, May sixteenth, uh, uh, at at nine thirty a.m. Eastern time, and the yeah, every the majority of people probably watched the the Revier Derby uh, uh, between Schalke and Dortmund. And it, it I'm adds, sorry. Uh, wait, but two teams were there. Two <laughs> teams. <laughs> I really only saw one show up. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's, that's a good. It's a fair assessment. Um, uh, but yeah, the majority of people probably watched th- that game. And and being you know watching a game at, at you know at Signal Duna Park and and without the yellow wall it does it does not feel it feels like something something is actually very seriously missing. It feels like something is wrong. You know what? Uh, I spent most of the day, most Saturday and Sunday, because I. I watched games both days because I was not saying no to soccer. Uh, <laughs> I spent the whole time going, huh, that's what their seats look like. I spent the whole time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Ooh, that's a good angle. Some of the uh, some of the stadiums, uh, they had like different, uh, you know, so they had like plush dolls. They had like cards. And well, like, from some fans. of them had, you know, in the, in the Korean League, they went dolls. Just different. Where did they find so many? That's a question <laughs> I have. <laughs> we'll get into that. We have to talk about uh, uh, Germany more, but I do want to talk about that. But the. The fact that uh, that th- th- look, the fact that no fans were there was definitely jarring and, and and a bit strange. But honestly, after like the first like I don't know, fifteen minutes, I was like, "Yo, this is yeah, it's still competitive." The, it's the, soccer. The, they didn't lose their quality because the fans are not there. Like, uh, wait, hold on a second. There was <laughs> there was some rustiness for sure. There was Yo. some wild passes. There was some back heels to nobody. <laughs> See, at one point, I think somebody. I think at one point. Someone on Shaka passed to the sideline, like the coach on the sideline, because he's wearing a blue shirt. <laughs> I'm not even making that up. I mean, no, that was that, okay. So I'll I'll say this because I think when it comes to Bundesliga, that's mm-hmm. a normal game. I don't think it's not, not and not to trash Bundesliga. <laughs> no, I but, think you're wrong. I no, Bundesliga no, no, has no, like I, incredible. There was, there was, of course, there was rust, but it wasn't like embarrassing. That's all I'm saying. Look, there were some moments. There when, was some when, moments. Look, the 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 Cologne uh, Mines match. That was like you. Rust plus these are teams on at, at the end at the bottom of the table. So yeah, it, I mean that's yeah that's what uh what like uh you know Norwich versus Bayern, Southampton. You yeah, know? Bayern Bayern look fine. You know yeah. <laughs> they, they look. No, they yeah, look Bayern com- was like no, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> Alfonso Davies also looked really good too, which was. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, always uh, all always the other impressive. Americans like Gia Reyna starting and everyone's like, I so I was we live tweeted the match. You yeah. right. I was like, yo, I see Gio Reyna is going to is going to start. And we're like, yo, is lit. I put like, <laughs> yo, Americans start drinking. It's our time. Right. <laughs> I put my phone down. I make myself a coffee on the stovetop. Four minutes total. I grab, I take a sip and I go, ah, and I look at my phone, Gio Reyna out. And I'm like, what the fuck happened <laughs> in the time in which I was making a coffee? What could he have possibly done? Yeah, unfortunate, right? Gio Reyna gets uh, injured during uh, warm ups, uh, warming up a little too hard, a little too, yeah, too excited to be back. You know what I mean? Damn, it's called a warm up, not a hot up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it sucks because we wanted to see Gio Reyna against uh, Weston McKinney and, and we want to see G- Gio Reyna do anything. <laughs> it, it'd be nice, yeah. uh, you know, especially since he was supposed to, you know, this uh, this summer, uh, you know, already be. I think no, already this uh, um, the the international matches uh, for the U.S. were supposed to happen in, that that were going to be in Europe. They were going to be against. Um, 
who are they gonna? It was I forgot who it was again. I think it was like not France or it, uh, uh, um, Netherlands and somebody else. So we were gonna see the new, the new blood. Like we're gonna see Gio Reyna in there. Yeah. Obviously, Serginho Des and everybody. We were gonna see what the future of the U.S. men's national team was gonna look like and all this other stuff. And uh, oh boy! And then people Grab were making crutches. jokes. People were making jokes about. Gio Reyna being exactly, you know, just like his father. Oh, Matt Doyle crushed it. He put all you kids get to see what it was like to be a fan of Claudio Reyna because <laughs> apparently he would get injured during really important matches as well. So shouts to, hey, look, apple trees make apples. You know what I mean? <laughs> so look, obviously, uh, it, it really, really amazing to for soccer to be back and, and see professional matches. Uh, and we're excited to see more of it. I mean, we were on Twitch calling the game uh, uh, between Eintracht, uh, Frankfurt, and, and Mönchengladbach. And we're going to be amazing. doing more that so uh, yeah, we got mo adams to. coming up and yeah we got mo adams coming up so right uh, now yeah. actually well Stick right after us, this so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with mo Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I just want to break in with a word from one of our sponsors, us and you and the family we've now created around us, Gully Squad. Exactly. And we want to give uh, a shout out to uh, Kyle Knight. Um, He has been a fan of the show for a long time and uh, very much part of the the, the Cooligans family. And we're going to want to give him a shout out because uh, his father just passed passed away, Roger. Uh, And it's, uh, you know, there's something, you know, we, we talk about this often. That Gully Squad is is very much feeling like, uh, very much like a family nowadays, and 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 more and more, especially with we're all quarantined, we're all dealing with stuff. When when my grandfather uh, passed a month ago, uh, everyone sent so many kind words to me that was very uplifting, uh, and we want to just give that right back uh, to Kyle because uh, you know it, it's obviously not easy in times like these. Yeah, it's uh, it's very difficult, um, especially in moments like this, like what you experience where you can't go visit family. Um, but, you know, people have been finding ways online to sort of connect with other human beings and, and to sort of fill that gap. And um, as soon as he posted about it in, in Gully Squad uh, in our Slack, uh, you know, there was a, a rush of condolences being sent. And it's it's funny. It doesn't feel like a family because there's hasn't really been that many arguments and stuff. You know, Gully Squad, like it feels almost like a really cool group home, you know, <laughs> <Where> like <laughs> like a bunch of a bunch of weird dudes who just and, and uh, weird kids and, and all together just everyone just who, who loves soccer uh and and really want to be progressive and and just want to be like good people and just want to hang out and be positive about the sport in america come hang out and then there's moments like of this uh you know we're, we're not roasting pizza or i'm not shitting on pizza or we're not roasting each other's teams it's just a moment like this where the humanity and, and the human side of, of of things like uh podcast listeners sort of you know uh, rears its head um and it's amazing to see how everyone jumped to support Kyle and I want to make sure that I say this as well uh, rest in peace uh, to Roger Knight uh, Mr. Roger Knight I should say um, who from all accounts was uh, a wonderful human being uh, loved the game of soccer was a youth coach a high, played in high school himself and really begat other soccer fans and, and it's people like that that were sort of what created the fans of today for the most part and it's it's wonderful to see the reaction and it's unfortunate that something like this had to happen so my heart and our heart goes out to uh, Kyle and, and the Knight family. 
Yeah. And all we can do is, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, keep that memory going forward and, and maybe we can we can create more uh, fans of soccer or make make fans of soccer care about the game uh, more deeply. Probably it was similar to what Roger did. So, you know, we could have Cooligans babies and who love soccer and then go on to win the World Cup be all because of us. Who knows? Yeah. And just like him, you know what? He didn't from all accounts from what Kyle said, he didn't go out and make plans for his death. He went out and lived his life after he found out that he was sick. And you know what? That's the best advice that we could all do is go out, live life. And just like he be gully as fuck. <laughs> All right, baby, we're back. And finally, here with our guest. Oh, Correct. man. Correct. Yes. This I'm is exciting. exciting. Very right. much so. All right. I All mean, right. we've we've gone through this whole, uh, uh, you know, quarantine this last couple months without anyone representing Atlanta United, which is quite quite a shame. Right. Which much to the to the I guess the beguilement of people who leave reviews on our show saying we only talk about Atlanta United or LAFC. Well, maybe y'all teams should win a little. I right? stop being bums and maybe we'll talk about your squad. But uh, this dude all the way from England, from Nottingham, right? which I thought was just in books. I don't know that was for real. Right? I thought that was just children's stories, but turns out it's real. And this dude has done a lot in his career right now. He plays for Atlanta United, but in the past he's played for Boston United. So he started his career right here in the Northeast, right in America. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a different Boston United. Went to Reading, Chicago fire for a hot minute where he got to hang out with our homie DJ step. And now he's played for Atlanta United. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just drive and put your hands together for the one, the only, the perfectly faded haircut. Mm. Of man like Mo Adams. <laughs> I appreciate it. What an introduction, man. Thank you so much. But you know, thank you for, for representing Rocking England tea. I appreciate that. Right? I had to no. do it. I heard you were coming on and I happened to get one that fits. My, yeah, yeah. my 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 slightly bigger frame, you know what I mean? <laughs> some of y'all Europeans come in some smaller sizes yeah, than we do yeah, here in America. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking at your haircut and I'm like the 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 envy, the jealousy is really you know it's not even about you know your your athletic ability, your no. your your physical uh, <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> the successes you've had. It's just a fade right there. It's, it's just, just the oh, perks man. of having a perks of having a friend that like cuts hair, you know. They just show yes. you out whenever, whenever you need. My wife and, at one point was like, let me try the fade. I was like, if you come near my hair with that buzzer, <laughs> it's over. Uh, all right, no. Mo. Uh, so th- thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, I, I guess the first thank question you. is, I know that we. I, this is the first time we've had a player since the uh, since training began, since those individual workouts uh, began uh, in Major League Soccer. How, how does it all uh, work? And, and, you know, and uh, how excited are you to be back? And how hard is it to slide tackle six feet away from another player? <laughs> yeah, very tough, very tough. No, but no, I'm absolutely excited, very thrilled to, to kind of get back in the role of things. Um, it's been a while since we've seen our teammates and kind of got involved within the training facility. Uh, but no, it's very structured, like you said. Um, you know, the moment we kind of enter the training ground, there's a kind of member of staff who gives us like a designated parking spot. And we have to stay in the car with our masks and our gloves on. And each player has to do that until the name's called. And then you get escorted basically to the front of the training facility. Um, they check your weight, they check your temperature, all that stuff. Um, and then they kind of escort you to a part of a field where you kind of remain for the whole session. Um, so like I said, it's not ideal. You know, you're not allowed to pass a ball to your teammate and stuff like that. But we're just trying to get as much as we can in during this time. Um, but more importantly, you know, it's good to see the guys, you know, see the coaching staff too. So it's fun to, you know, get yeah, out of yeah. the living room. It's, it's, 
you know, I think I've had enough of the Zoom calls right now when you're spinning on the bike <laughs> and doing pickups in your living room, trying not to break anything. So it's good to get out. So you can't, so you can't really communicate with your teammates and you can't pass them the ball. So it's cool that we're using the slots on Ibrahimovic rules. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Okay. Well, all Stay right. in your car until you're ready to train. Right. These are all the slot down yeah, rules. Yeah, all, every, every shot taken is uh, from the middle of the field. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know if we score as much as him, but yeah, we try. <laughs> now, I mean, it's, by the way, and everyone should know, we're recording this a week early. So things may have changed a week yeah. from now when everyone's uh, watching or listening to this. But for the most part, um, the, sort of training is reopened. And it just, after a long time of just training in your uh, house, apartment, just in your own flat, if you will, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I uh, it's got to be nice. <laughs> I, I got you, baby. It's got to be nice just to sort of just even see other players you know yeah, even if you yeah. have to yell like how you doing you know whatever it is <laughs> it must be nice to get to some little bit of familiarity no 100 percent um like i said even though we're not physically in contact with each other it's good to kind of see someone working out besides you pushing you maybe sometimes you're doing a bit of runs and you kind of want to keep up with with the guy who's kind of leading whatnot um so no it's definitely great it's it's good to get out of the house of course but um it's finally the start of you know kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel right now you know instead of literally just being stuck in the house, being told not to go outside, not to do anything like that. So just to be back on the field, see the guys train, compete even in some way. It's a, yeah. it's what we all want. And, uh, and you, uh, and, and to talk about Atlanta United a little bit, you are uh, uh, new to the team. Uh, what has, uh, what, what was it like when you found out when you, you were going to go to Atlanta United? I know when, at least for us, when we obviously started covering the team and started going there and obviously the fan base is unreal. It, it's like the fact that it was a, a new team with that kind of support uh, was, was surreal, but they really show a lot of love to their players, even if uh, you, you've been there for 15 yeah. minutes or whatever. Right. Uh, so, so what's it been like uh, since you've been in? Atlanta United no, member. It's been, it's been incredible. You know, I kind of knew I was, I was uh, going to get traded during that transfer window. There's been talks of clubs, whatever, but um, when I found out it was Atlanta United, I was over the moon. I think, you know, that's one place you kind of want to go to, of course. And thankfully for me, I was able to make my debut the following day after I'd signed. Um, and just, you know, I've played in Atlanta before and it's different when you come in as an opposing player than when you actually play for them. And, you know, of course, it's an intimidating atmosphere, but, but when you actually play for Atlanta, you've got this whole fan base, the whole crowd behind you, and you actually realize yeah. how noisy it is. It's like a 12th man, right? It's like you've got an advantage. Huh. Um, and I remember when I was stepping on the field to make my debut, the whole crowd is just like chanting my name and stuff. I was like, this is wild. This is how you guys do it, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, so, you already got a song for me? Yeah, yeah, for me, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just I got here. The wall. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it was, it was super dope. I really enjoyed it. And thankfully, you know, um, of course, we're looking back to get in the swing of things and hopefully we'll be able to play in front of the crowds, hopefully anytime soon. But um, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a different atmosphere, man, to any way I've played. How, how different is it for you to play uh, potentially games in front of closed doors? You know, normally when that happens in Europe, it's because something bad happened and the team isn't allowed to have fans. Yeah. The fans got a little rowdy, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. But, but now it's a different situation. Um, talking about Atlanta, they get 74,000 fans to some of the games potentially no fans at some of these matches. What's that going to be like for you? Is that something you guys are talking a little bit about sort of the difference or you think it's not really going to have an effect on the players? Um, I think, I think it does have an effect on the players in some way. I think anytime, um, I mean, for us, it's obviously a big advantage for us to play in Atlanta, you know, in front of our crowd. I don't think, you know, any opposition team would like to, for that to happen to come and play us on our home turf. But in terms of the effect you have on the players, some way, I think sometimes maybe, 
the game doesn't seem as competitive. It may, it may seem like a preseason scrimmage, you know? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But I think we have to understand that, hey, like this is the reality right now. This is what we have to do. And, you know, when the ball gets rolling, it's just back to business, really. Um, I think it's it's going to affect the crowds, maybe, you know, or the, the fan base more so than it affects the players because football, soccer is, is our job, you know? Like we're just trying to get to do what we do. And after not competing for a while, I think, you know, we'll take it any way it comes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting because like it feels like we're you know we've seen matches without uh, without crowds and there is there must be something uh, that hurts your ego without anyone watching you be yeah. um, the best footballers in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no, like doing stand up without an audience. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, it we don't yeah. feel like we're actually doing, yeah, doing yeah. our job. The credit maybe. It's, yeah, it's also weird yeah. to hear the players talk to each other. They're like, "Yo, good job. Yo, how's your mother doing?" You're like, "No, we ain't supposed to hear this." Yeah, or, 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 or if you get, or if you get yelled by the coach. Yeah. Now, Mo, you spent um, quite a bit of time in America. I know you you sort of went from uh, Boston United Reading to Chicago Fire, but you did spend some time at Syracuse. Uh, but one of the things when I looked up uh, a little bit about your career, one of the things that stood out, uh, it said that uh, you had made an appearance off the bench. Um, for Boston United against, I want to say, Solihull Moors, right? And yeah. Adams also featured twice for the under-21s, including an 11-1 win over Norktown. All right, now, <laughs> I know this is a different Nork. Right? Yeah. I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, okay? Famous for New Jersey Drive, so, yeah. you know, carjacking capital of the world. You you played, you beat Norktown. What, what is Norktown like? I just need to know personal reasons. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what so is just, like? just, just to clarify, this was like all these clubs, Boston United and everything was back in England. So we have yeah. a version of everything in the US. Of course. In our yeah, yeah. You, version, right? you, so you copied us. We copied right? you guys. We were the original, Montague, clearly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We like to consider it like y'all are like, y'all are like, uh, like Yahoo and we're Google, you know? <laughs> so you guys are the updated version. Yeah. Yeah, y'all were, y'all were original, right? But yeah. we took, we took North the, and the we upgraded. It. Yeah. We made Nork into top boy. <laughs> it is what it is right now. Huh? Yeah. No, but um, no. I think anytime you play against someone and beat them eleven-one, it's a it's a memorable game. You know, it's a very fun one. I think. Um, but in terms of the town itself, not great. I'll be honest. <laughs> you know, we're just we're, we're just there nice. to get we're just there to okay. get stuff done, and we're trying to get pretty out similar. Pretty similar. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was such a bad. It was such a bad number, eleven to one. I was like, it hurt me, and I ain't even from Norktown. You know <laughs> I think, what I mean? Yeah, it hurt us more than <laughs> scoring one. Even you know, I think when you kind yeah, of yeah. Sure. eleven, but Newark, Newark, New Jersey is. Though. Newark, New Jersey is the 11-1 of cities, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Damn right. <laughs> and we're proud of it. There you go. <laughs> There's only two Newark. <laughs> anyway, so, but talk about a little bit about your youth career, sort of coming up a little bit in the, in the youth system in, in England. And then what, what was it like to make the transition to America? We've talked a little bit about this with Jack Harrison, who was at the Manchester United Academy and then switched to a high school here in, in the U.S. What was that switch like? What's the difference in soccer? What adjustments did you have to make? Um, adjustments are different, of course. I think there's a misconception in the, in the U.K. that if you go to university, you're kind of giving up on football, right? So, because in, in like in the UK, you can only do take one route, the football route or the education yeah. side. There's no way of kind of doing both together. So when I first heard of this opportunity to go to the States, because um, I was close to signing a professional contract with Blackburn Rovers, but due to injury, it got taken away from me. Um, and I heard about, you know, going to the US on a scholarship. And I, I just thought it was, you know, you're going for education and football was a bonus. Maybe it's, it's not as competitive as someone might think, but after doing a lot of research and 
seeing guys before me like like Jack Harrison and, and Dom Dwyer and all these guys and to see what they've carved out, you know, from from the opportunities they had over there kind of opened my eyes. And after doing a lot of research, I figured out I wanted to play in the ACC, which was, you know, one of the most competitive conferences, yeah. of course. I played a showcase game, got a lot of offers from universities. And, and that's when I actually reached out to Kristen. I was like, hey, man, like, do you know much about universities in the US? If so, like, <laughs> where's good to go? Like, you know, um, and then I committed to Syracuse and I didn't really know much about the states and how big the country is in itself. Because when you're in England, you're in this small bubble where you can go from yeah, yeah. top to bottom in the space of like a five hour drive. So I'm thinking yeah. I'm Syracuse is called New York's college team. I'm thinking I'm about to walk past the Empire State to go to class. You know, like, <laughs> yo, what's up, Jay Z? I'm all yeah, up yeah, yeah. soccer, bro. <laughs> you, yo, you dap up the Statue of Liberty exactly, and then you get to exactly. class. <laughs> That's how I thought it was done, right? But um, when I realized I was four hours north of New York City, I was like, damn. And with the cold and everything, but you know, I was fortunate enough to attend a good university, play for a good team, and you know, do what I had to do over there in order to get me to where I am now. Yeah, is you were the- essentially in our Scotland. Basically. I was that <laughs> high up, right? Yeah. And we don't yeah. understand that. You know? No, no, no. Different lingo. What, what is, as far as um, college uh, soccer, isn't, uh, you know, I, I don't definitely watch too much of it outside of like the national like championship games, but isn't the schedule really strange and like yeah. things are like weirdly compact? Like what was it like just day to day being uh, a college soccer player? Yeah, it, it's different because... You know, like uh, when I was playing in academy, for example, at Derby County, um, I would go in at like nine o'clock and I'd be out the door by trainings, let's say like 11. I'd be out the door by two o'clock. So it's not, it's not an extremely long day, right? But when you go to yeah. college, you realize, okay, maybe you have a lecture at 8 a.m. And then you have a bunch of classes that will take you up to two o'clock. And then you have to grab food quickly. You have training at 3.30 to 5. And then you have tutoring and then you have some homework to do. So it was that part of it was kind of stressful in some way because with such a condensed season, I think it's a three-month season. If you and then you can play maybe eighteen games if you have a really good season, including all the playoffs and the conference games, and if you go to national yeah, tournament yeah. and stuff. So I think having to balance and have that time management of understanding that you're there to play soccer, but at the same time you are a student and you do have you know obligations of completing homework on time and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you know studying for a final. So that that was kind of tough for me because Dude. all I knew was in England was kick a soccer ball. Go home and have some fun, you know? Yeah, algebra. Yeah. What's all this? this yeah, is exactly. Like, this ain't my type of thing, you know? I don't need a diagram of sense. I need to learn how to count my money. Do the college soccer players get as much uh, respect as some of the other athletes in the other sports? What was Because I know in England, you're a footballer and you're, yeah, you're, especially you're an academy. Yeah. I'm sure you get respect on anywhere man. you go. No, of course. But then all of a sudden, a linebacker shows up who's 6'5", 300 pounds, <laughs> and, and runs a 4'4". And, four, and, yeah, and, and like, they just walk by you, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, 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 you don't I think, need to know who I am. <laughs> I, I, I think that was kind of evident when I was on my visit. And then I was lining up to go into the bars, right? And I see all these like tall-ass like football, basketball players just dab up the bouncer and walk in. And I'm just like... <laughs> Are we supposed to walk in or are we just like waiting to get like our IDs checked? Um, you no. tucking behind the linebacker? Yeah, like, yeah. Trying to sneak oh, in. No, yeah. yeah. That's, that's my for me, dude. Block yeah, that's my, that's my yeah. fullback. He's good. Yeah, exactly. he, he's coming. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I mean, of course, Syracuse is, is a huge, you know, basketball school. They've got, you know, great history and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And for us, it was, I, I think the fact that the soccer team was good and we were consistently going and following the national tournaments and stuff like that, we kind of got the respect and, 
for me, thankfully, you know, I was able to win like the school rookie of the year. Um, so that kind of got me some respect. <laughs> and yeah, I managed dude, to win right. for free, you know, after that. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a real that trophy around with you. Exactly. You're like, oh, what do you mean it's extra for guacamole? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this trophy. Yeah, yeah. What, what'd you put, say now, though? Put the guac <laughs> in the trophy. Yeah, yeah. we good. Right, it in. Yeah. I remember we did meet you very briefly uh, while you were with uh, Chicago Fire. We met you at the uh, at the draft. I, be- I believe the, the year oh. a year or two prior. Uh, you were you were shaking hands, uh, kissing babies, the whole thing. You were doing you doing uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I was yeah. babies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious about your time with uh, with the Chicago Fire. Uh, you were drafted by them. Uh, uh, Chicago is just like a very interesting uh, club because just obviously what g- g- the, the stuff that was going on off the field and, and uh, the, the difficulties of obviously where they were going to play. And obviously they were, they, they moved to soldier field uh, being a, a part of a club uh, like the, the, the supporters for, uh, for Chicago Fire, some of the most deeply passionate people. I yeah. know people get frustrated at like, you know, yeah. Bridgeview wasn't always full, uh, yeah. but the people in in uh, you know of uh, 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 the supporters for Chicago Fire were just in- incredibly uh, passionate about the uh, the club. So, what was yeah, it? You have it, to it, care to go to Bridgeview, right? Yeah, without that, <laughs> you're gonna make that drive. You know, you gotta be passionate yeah. about it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, being a, a part of Chicago Fire, even with like some of the drama, what, what was uh, the experience like with the team? No, I, I thought, you know, I, I loved my time in Chicago. And if you would have told me, you know, when I was in England um, two years from now, when I thought my dream was over in England, that two years from then I'll be playing in one of the best cities in the world for Chicago Fire and MLS alongside one of the greats of all time, Bastien Schweinsteiger, I would have told you to do one, you know, like for <laughs> yeah. Me it was, yeah, for me, like, you know, being, being drafted in Chicago, um, and then going in, you know, they took me in with open arms, I think. Um, and and they're, they're very passionate about their team, of course. You know, they've got a great tradition and passion. The club was extremely successful in the past, of course. Um, but they stuck by us, you know. I'm not going to lie, we weren't a great team at times. Um, you know, we missed out on the playoffs for consecutive seasons. But they never kind of, um, you know, looked look down on us or kind of gave up, gave, gave yeah. up hope, I think. And they're extremely loyal. And... You know, I still, I remember when I got traded, the messages and the support that I got from them and, and I still do, you know, I still keep in contact with some, with some fans and, and I think the club is heading in the right direction. Of course, I think this move to, to Soldier Field is, is going to be great. Um, you know, the stadium is pretty much downtown, you know, I think going all the way to Bridgeview was, was tough, but you know, the fans still made that trip, you know, in the freezing cold to support us. And, but, you know, I, I love that club. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's, a, it's an amazing city, an amazing time. I spent, you know, a year and a half there that, that I thoroughly enjoyed. And, you know, I'm excited to see what they do. And I think, you know, they've got a bright future right now, definitely. When you, when you get drafted and you play for a club like Chicago who, yeah, I mean, we've talked a little bit about some of the struggles with uh, the stands, but the folks that are there are supremely passionate. Chicago is also just a wonderful city. Personally, I think the only other real city in America besides New York, if you think yeah. of cities the yeah. way a city is, every other city in America seems to me like it's a collection of towns. But being in a city like Chicago, playing for a team like Chicago <laughs> Fire, now going to a city like Atlanta with that support, having scored your first ever goal at, at LAFC or against LAFC, seeing how that club is supported and just how different soccer is in America than what you thought it might have been growing up in England. If someone were to come to you in the same position you were in and say, hey, I don't know if it's working out at this academy or I'm not sure what's going to happen or I got injured. Like I, I see this YouTube channel called Rising Ballers where like these yeah, kids yeah, had yeah, professional yeah. contracts and now they're playing on YouTube and I'm like, what are you talking about? That's come 
Middle America. Man. You know what yeah. I mean? What would you <laughs> What would you say to these What would you say to these kids? Is it, it? Do you think the 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 way the route you took is as effective, or do you think it was special because it was you? No, I, I don't think it was special because it was me. I, I do think there's some some sort of level of, of sacrifice and and resilience you do have to show. And, and if you don't show that type of you know attitude, that type of you know have that driven mentality, you're not, you're not going to make it. Um, but you know, I see, you know, I was in an academy with all these guys who were like high prospects. I mean, when I was in at Derby County, I played against, you know, Trent and Alexander-Arnold, uh, Marcus Rashford, Mason Mount, I mean, Abraham, like week in, week out, Deli Ali. Um, so for me, like it could go one way or it could go a complete opposite way. You know, I had guys in my team who were like playing for the youth national teams and now they're just kind of working at a grocery store, you know, so it could literally go either way. And for me, it was just a case of, I didn't want to take that risk of dropping to like the sixth division of the English chair to have to work my way back up because it's extremely different over there. Everybody looks at Jamie Vardy and see like, what he's done from non-league to the Premier League. But in all honesty, it's it's kind of a one in a million chance for everyone to do that, you know? But yeah, and, it's, that, it's, and he won the Premier League. <laughs> no, <laughs> even what? Like, yeah, as an Arsenal fan, in, could we not bring it up? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just like one in a billion, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Like I said, you know, having a chance to have a backup plan in university with a degree, if, if soccer didn't go the way I wanted to do, was having that kind of safety net that allowed you to just put everything in into, in terms of soccer. Um, but eventually, if that doesn't work, you still leave with something. But no, I tell the guys, you know, it's, it's the best decision I've ever made to come to the US and I thoroughly love it over here. Um, you know, I'm enjoying it completely. And I still like, you know, I'm, I'm still like communicating with, with all these kids. I get like hundreds of DMs from people, you know, saying, oh my God, like, the US, how does it work? I'm thinking of going, but I don't know if that, you know, yeah. if it's right for me and stuff like that. And I make sure I respond to every single one of them because I know when I was re- uh, hurt and I didn't know what to do next, I was reaching out to all these clubs and no one gave a damn, to be honest. No one replied, no one responded. So I understand what it's like to not have answers, you know? So I make sure that I respond to every single kid, every single person who has a question in regards to the the route that I took and, and just give advice, you know, because it's not going to cost you a thing, but it's going to help people in the long run. That's Mo, how do we get? How do Christian and I get in on this? Right, we'll go into third with you. How do we sign <laughs> these kids and bring them over to America? What do we need to do to start making some of this okay. money? See, no, well, when, hold on, but when, when, when Alexis, yeah, but when Alexis, when Alexis asks this question, it feels a little too much like trafficking human beings. It doesn't really okay. it sound like he cares. About he cares yeah. Look, we'll get a shipping container. We'll put a couple computer chairs in there. Exactly. Next thing you know, we'll we got that. a bunch of squads here. And then we got a business, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll put them all up in Newark. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll be good. Like huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting because at least like, I mean, th- th- it is amazing that you t- take the time to do that because th- there's uh, in almost every uh, facet of life, people, you know, younger people need support and, and uh, understanding of like what they're kind of getting into as far as, um, when it, when you compare what either youth systems or what just like the 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 growth of the sport or or uh, the growth of your ability in uh, in compared to England and and the U.S. It's like what, were were there things that were like uh, that you noticed immediately like oh man we do this better in England whatever that particular thing was as far as like creating better soccer players. Um, I th- I, th- I think the training for sure it's. Um... I think, you know, training in the academy, you have a system that you want to play and you stick with that system throughout the whole season, regardless of if you're playing United one week or you're playing Chelsea. This is your system. This is your style. This is your identity. And you stick to that. Whereas if it was college, we're playing against a team with a big, you know, big back four. We're not going to keep 
playing long ball. We're not training, you know, that week we're just going to play this type of soccer. So it was very, you know, like we didn't have a style necessarily. It was just like, okay, we're planning for this next you, game. We're planning for this next you game. You adapt. Exactly. Just adapt. Um, whereas in England, the whole training sessions were the same. You know, you get this plan, this pattern of play. This is how we're structured. Regardless if we play against a 4-4-2 diamond or a flat 4-4-2, we're still going to play this way. So I think that's one thing that allowed us, maybe the European players, when we come here to be able to maybe be technically better or tactically better. Um, but of course, you know, in college, like you said, it's a three-month season and it's business. Yeah. You know, you just have to win as soon as possible. Um, it's not, you're not necessarily trying to push players up to the first team from the academy or stuff like that. But one thing in England is that, that most academies do is how, however, the first team plays that whole system would run through all the way through the academy. Okay. Um, so that was, so like, thinking, that was different. Do you think that um, like when you came to America and you started playing like the first, your first in, like just a sort of impression of the American player, Syracuse being a great college for soccer. Those are great players, at least for a certain, yeah. you know, I mean, within that level, right? What did you think of the level versus some of the kids that you were playing? And be honest, you know what I mean? You know, talk, talk, you talk, right? <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> uh, the yeah, Union Jack. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yo, all these other teams are trash. Yo, <laughs> Syracuse. Right, right, right. Right. We go on the phone with your homies like, yo, come here right now. We run shit. Exactly. <laughs> Like, it's free guacamole. Uh, were you like, were you, did you like, what did you honestly think of the American player? Be dead honest. No, no. I, I mean, the demographic and, and the way, you know, Americans, they seem to be so much bigger, right? Than, than us Europeans. You know, I was playing against people who were like six foot five, and I'm like, damn, man, are you playing like soccer or basketball? Like, what is You're it? You're the wrong sport, bro. Exactly, exactly. No, but um, I'll be honest, you know, it's extremely physical because, of course, you come in as a freshman and, and you're playing against seniors and stuff like that. And yeah. one thing that, I never understood was the like the substitutions in college. You can come on, literally have it like come off, sorry, sit down for five minutes and you can come back on. So I'm having these kids come on like with the last five minutes and they're full of energy and they're just chasing like crazy, you know, <laughs> whereas in England, it's like three subs, you know, if you're off, yeah. sit your ass down and coming back on, you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah. that's one You're thing. like, what's um, in that Gatorade, my guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know with things starting back up, schedules could be a little hectic. So it means a lot to us that you would come on uh, and hang out with us. Um, we talked a little bit about sort of uh, your career coming up to America, uh, getting selected. Uh, first of all, ger generation Adidas getting selected in the draft uh, by Chicago fire in that moment. Does it, does it feel like sort of the decisions you made to come to America sort of worked out or did you still think like, no, there's more to prove? Um, I, I think you always have to have the mentality. There's more to prove. I think the moment you realize or you think to yourself, okay, you know, like, you know, it's, it's a goal that was achieved in the process of me becoming the best version of myself. Right. Um, but I never thought for a moment, like, okay, this is worth it. Now it's a good thing. I came to America, you know, uh, I do think, you know, there's a couple of things I need to do in order to say that, uh, I'm currently finishing off my degree. So once I graduate, I could say, okay, the whole college process was done. It was achieved. Yeah, yeah. But until that's done, I think, you know, I'm still working towards that. But no, I think you just have to stay hungry, stay humble along the way. And there's always more to strive for. What uh, what you uh, what are you majoring in? Sport management, so business administration with like a focus in sport. So, yeah. see, this is the perfect guy to start bringing these European kids. <laughs> exactly. What, what exactly. Are you about? I we'll got. Get a piece of I got. I got two hundred DMs of potential clients. <laughs> that's, that's like a thousand each, huh? <laughs> Yeah, let's get it, yo. We'll take these kids. We'll show them what fried food should really taste like. We'll show you them what pizza that, should really pizza taste stuff, like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> when 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 you sort of look at some of the players like Jack Harrison have used 
MLS as a springboard to get back into Europe. I know you've just started your career here in the U.S., uh, but is that something that you've looked forward to? It seems like you're really happy here in America, um, as you should be, because we're amazing. Like, what is it? Where's your head at? What are you looking for long term? No, I, I, like I said, I'm thoroughly enjoying my time in, in the U.S. I love it out here, of course. But, you know, never say never in football. You, ne- you never know where your career could potentially take you. And, you know, it's a dream, of course, to play back in Europe. It's something that, that I was so close to achieving, you know, back back then. But I wasn't able to do so, fortunately. But, um, no, it's definitely a goal of mine. And, and it's something I think nowadays you see more of it. You know, players from the, from the U.S. going over to Europe, whether it be Alfonso Davies or... Tyler Adams or like you said, Jack Harrison, it kind of just opens the door for us and it's become more of a trend now, um, which makes it very realistic for, for players. If they do well, you know, people are watching you. Yeah. Is yeah. it is it at the very least, even with that kind of track record for Major League Soccer, when the players do arrive there, like what is, uh, I guess if you can take the temperature, like what's, what's MLS look like to Europe? Uh, you know, the jokes are always uh, even retirement league. Even when Bastion got there, there people were like, oh, well, retirement, you know, yeah. whatever. I'm sure you have yeah. to deal with yeah. some of these comments, right, right, right. but it seems like. No one said that about Derby County. Uh, Derby no, County. So just saying, <laughs> right? Rooney no, shows up looking exactly. 85 years old. No one anything <laughs> no, to, to be honest um after you know I, th- I think Rooney played a huge difference in getting maybe the MLS the the coverage and, and the respect over in England because a lot of our games were actually televised so my family would you know would turn Sky Sports on and, and, I, and I'd be playing um so it's they get it's getting a lot more exposure over there and I think the fact that Rooney came to MLS did his thing and then went back to England to Derby County actually yeah um, to, to show you like okay he hasn't like you know dropped in, in level like he didn't go to, to the US to kind of just you know get a paycheck and enjoy life he kind of you know it was a stepping stone of him to return here because he did so well in the in the in the US so I think it's definitely getting more respect um, the fact that there's the league is kind of changing from maybe getting some veteran legends to getting like young players especially like the Atlanta if you look at it you know we have some fantastic young players, you know, for like Almiron, who was here, and now uh, Barco and, and Joseph still young, um, Pitti Martinez, and all these players. Like, I think that what, what the league, the league is transforming into a, you know, buy young, develop, and potentially sell rather than bring them in to kind of sell tickets. Yeah. There is uh yeah, clearly a, uh, like just that, that, that change in, in culture. You would hope that. I mean, the problem is that we have this inferiority complex with England and, and it's always, you, can, you type the word soccer on the internet and you're bombarded by, you know, exactly. people can't even re- it's respect. It's called football, mate. Honestly, I went back home when I was talking to my friends and I dropped the word soccer in a couple of times. They're like, you've changed, man. Like, seriously. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> you're like, we don't know you, man. Yeah, like, who are you? Yeah, mate. I just yeah. don't get it. There's a show called Soccer AM. Why are we the only, in England? I know, like, I know. That's funny, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, y'all invented the word every Saturday. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, people, no one, the crowd isn't yelling. It's football. I, I, I think, I think, it's football. I think we need to come to a to a conclusion. You know, I think the US and then the UK have to just negotiate it out. I think you can. You I can think it's a. I think it's <laughs> frankly, I think it's a a, a fear. The, I think the you know the 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 friction is really just a fear that that England is going to be overtaken uh-huh. by, by the by the strength of American soccer, <laughs> and they're going to have to. It, it, it is one so day we'll get, threat, to be honest. Yeah, 
Yeah, but, well, um, yeah, it's just at least this is like one of the few leagues, uh, you know, the, the conceit of of like Don Garber to be like, we want to be the league of choice in the world. It's like it sounds ridiculous. But wh- when it comes to actual growth of the sport, like it, soccer, you know, football is already the standard in England. It's not going to get more popular. There's no more yeah. people to get yeah. get into the game. But the U.S. is a, a, a real possibility that more people can there's so many people here that yeah. that watch sports and it could actually become bigger there could be more soccer fans in the US which i think there already are more soccer fans that support there mls are. than than support uh the premier league even in england yeah, yeah. i mean no, it's just I, we I also have just so much more people like <laughs> it's in space big, yeah. Yeah, yeah i yeah. think you know that the league is is growing you know such as personally for me i think it's the fastest growing league in the world and of course the ceiling is extremely high whether yeah, yeah. the MLS reaches that point is yet, yet to be known, right? But of course, I think you look at Atlanta, Seattle, even LAFC and, and the crowds and the passion and the style of football these teams play and, and the players that they're beginning to attract is amazing, right? Because you look back 10 years ago, I remember I was watching like the Beckham Experiment on TV not, not too long ago, and the league was completely different. Um, but yeah, thanks to him, yeah, of yeah. course, you know, the trajectory of everything changed and it got the league the attention it deserved, but not just in a sense of, of marketing and stuff like that, in a sense of football too. So soccer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not give yeah. all the credit to Beckham because it, it also took Americans bringing him here. So really it was us. <laughs> yeah, it was you guys. <laughs> Even more of Mo Adams of Atlanta United. Speaking of Atlanta United, uh, you're on the squad now. Talk a little bit about Frank DeBauer's system because I think it's something that it's a complete change from the system that was there before with Tata Martino. But it seems like the the club and and some of the players that that were there and are still there are really starting to figure it out. Right towards the end of last season, it seemed like it was becoming a bit more solidified. Uh, talk about a little bit about where you think you fit in in that system. Yeah, I think you know any time a coach takes over from someone who had just won the league and the, and the success that they've had, they've got immense pressure over them, right? Um, especially when you have your own style, you have your own formation, and how you want to you know plan things moving forward. People are always going to look at it differently because they think what was done before is already working. But we need to realize it's a different coach, of course. Um, so I do think you know the Dutch they're slightly more structured, more I don't want to say defensive, but they're more focused on like when they don't have possession of the ball, right? How they set up, how they can press, how they can drop, how they can, you know, make slide across and shift and close gaps. Um, so the formation and the style of play that he implemented maybe took a while for players to understand. Um, I mean, I wasn't there when he first took over, so I don't really understand the ins and outs of it, of what was going on during that time. But no, I think like anything, you need, you need, you need time in order to implement what you want to implement and for people to understand. And I think, He's shown that, and the players have shown that they were able to, to understand and, you know, prove that they can have success with this formation um, and the style that they're playing. Um, I mean, we won the Campionas Cup, the Open Cup. We went to the Eastern Conference Final. Um, so I, I, you know, count it as a successful season, to be honest. But uh, yeah, yeah. Atlanta, <laughs> they're Atlanta for a reason. You know, they want to win everything. Uh, and that's amazing, of course. But in terms of how I fit in, it's, uh, you know, we want to play kind of a, two holding midfielders, let's say. And, you know, I'll be one of those, a coach prefers maybe like a destroyer or something like that. And that's the kind of the style that I fit. But of course, you know, I've got great players in my position, Emerson Hyman, Eric Romedi, Jeff Lerenowitz, that I've got to compete alongside. But no, I think, you know, if I do, well, opportunities will come, of course. Um, And it's just about, you know, taking your chances so you can solidify yourself in that lineup. 
Yeah. Nice. And, and the, we know that the culture for Atlanta United is, is one, incredibly diverse, but also very Hispanic and very Latino. Uh, um, I, I, I don't... I don't remember the exact roster that you were on in Chicago, but I'm sure it was very similar. I know Vla- uh, Vlaco uh, also spoke Spanish. Uh, how's your Spanish, Mo? That's really, that's my main question. That's, that's why you're coming out, huh? Um, no, it's not, it's, it's, it's not as great as Are you drinking be, mate now? With your Yorkshire pudding? Mate. You know what? The guys in the locker room, they just sit in like a big circle and they have their mate and they just keep passing around and enjoy a conversation. It looks fun, but I don't really know what they're talking about. That's the issue. So I can't really join in, you know? But um, in yeah. terms of my Spanish, it's, you know, I understand, I understand more than I, I speak. I'll say that. Okay. Um, but no, we nice. were actually taking Spanish classes um, just before the whole, you know, virus, you know, came out. Yeah, and yeah. There was a lot of guys in that class, of course. Everybody's willing to learn, willing to, to, you know, be able to use that information and be able to communicate with some players because not all like the, the Latinos know how to speak English, of course. So we have to yeah. adapt a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, awesome. they should. They shouldn't have to either. Okay, Mo? <laughs> you adapt to us. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we speak the perfect English, but not everyone has to speak the perfect English. Again, right, right. looks so stupid wearing an England shirt. Uh, exactly. You need to, if you're not going to speak English, get so, that one off. I'm wearing three lions. You know, I almost got murdered. I'm I'm half Uruguayan. I went to the Uruguay versus England match where Luis Suarez okay. scored twice. Yeah. And on the way in, I didn't know my buddy invited me to an all England bar. And on the way oh. in, I walk in, it's a sea of red and white and blue shirts. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. And everyone just looks up at me because I'm wearing a Uruguay kit. And, and I go, yo, did you know Pete is outside? And everyone's and my buddy goes, please don't. I go, yeah, they heard three lions were going to get slaughtered tonight. <laughs> People were throwing beer at me. It was oh, insane. I'm, su- I'm surprised it came out the bar safe, to be honest. You know, Dude, English I took a couple are elbows. super passionate. They're passionate, man. <laughs> Yeah. I took a couple elbows during that match for sure. <laughs> I'm like, where'd that come from? All right. We did it. We did it again. Completed another incredible episode. Thank you, Mo so Adams. Oh my God. Clearly, no, uh, this trio just absolutely crushed it. Uh, yeah. so thank you, Mo Adams, again, uh, for joining us. Mo, is there anything uh you want to plug or uh your social media, anything you want to say before we go? Yeah, um, of course, you know, it's a tough time for everybody. I just want to, you know, tell people to stay safe, uh, practice social distancing, of course. Um, you know, we're finally seeing, you know, things turn around for the better. So continue to do that and everything will get back to normal. Uh, shout out to all the health workers, the NHS, of course. Um, now, you know, we're very thankful for what you guys do and you make our jobs a whole lot easier. So we appreciate that. In terms of social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram, underscore Mo Adam. So give me a follow and, and check what I do. All right. right. Uh, and look so, out for the definitely not human trafficking with Mo Adams Incorporated. Exactly. Yes. If you LLC. Very limited liability corporation. Okay. so Mo, we always end the show as we as we normally do. so again, thank you for joining us. So for Mo Adams, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The Chronicles! Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, well done, brother. <laughs>